Senior card gauge mortgage. No financing, no problemo. And I, I think about it. I think about it once a week. I've never wanted to have sex with a pot pie, but like, I'd have sex with that pot pie. We're all weak to stepping on nails. Let me preface this by saying I wrote a script. Daytona Beach is like two mild inconveniences for being a post-apocalyptic wasteland anyway. So many of my tabs say semen. Are you guys ready for this weird horny adventure that we're all about to go on? You can't handcuff me for skanking. This motherfucker gaslights you. Diet Coke and Sorrow will be chapter four. And against all odds, Kyle, we became those swirly weirdos. This whole podcast is a very negative mouthfeel. Hello and welcome to Debate This, the show where no one is right, but someone is definitely wrong. In this show, we take time out of our busy adult lives to talk about comic books, video games, and how the only thing as powerful as the power of friendship is the power of early internet nostalgia. Whew. That is, is an that absolute right? fact. Yeah. yeah. I right. mean, think... If you didn't spend time doing Kingdom of Loathing at some point in your life, what were you doing? Yeah, our episode on Flash games will will definitely uh, <laughs> confirm this. <laughs> yep, that's that's actually what I thought about um, when I wrote that opening. Because guys, listeners, everyone, for me, this flavor text today is about two decades in the making, and I'm super excited. Um, so the the other debaters here, they know what we're going to talk about. But for everyone else today, thanks to Buttthwomp Nation member Master Spectre, I have the privilege of taking you back to simpler times of 2002. Not that we really need to talk about what was happening in society in 2002, but they were at least simpler times. And <laughs> I'm going to tell you were they? about... <laughs> oh, they were times. Um, <laughs> they were times. <laughs> they were times. <laughs> we're... We today have the privilege to talking to you about the earliest and purest content of the internet, and that is Homestar Runner of HomestarRunner.com. I'm still a little caught up on 2002 being simpler times. Yeah, they were know? simpler times for us because we were because, like, we were 12. All, I was 12 at the time. <laughs> Do you guys? Yeah. We were babies. I didn't have any any cares in the world. <laughs> Do you guys remember the Iraq War? <laughs> Unfortunately, I, was, I, I do. Yeah. yeah it's that's... still relevant right now. <laughs> well, this feels bad. Anyway. <laughs> so, dear listeners, to take you on this journey of nostalgia, um, I have recruited my three friends, Matt, Deltoidus Rex Cole, Kyle, Great J-Orb Harper, and Andrew Fahuwagads Henderson. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, this feels so good. I'm so stoked Man. on this. Yeah. I, yeah, I'm super, super pumped for this. Again, thank you, Master Spectre. This is such a cool thing that we get to do today. Um, if you're not aware, those are three just fun references from Homestar content. Uh, Deltoidus Rex was from the Peasant Quest game. If you crank the well wrong, I think, or too many times, they say you sprain your Deltoidus Rex, which is not a real thing. <laughs> Um, Thank you. Great G- <laughs> yeah, in case you're curious, uh, Great J Orb is one of my favorite Homestar clips where uh, Coach Z can't say job right. So <laughs> and they try and teach him to say job right, and it's very funny. And then uh, Fahuwa Gods is a throwaway line from a Strong Bad email that then becomes a music video later. Um, since we are going to talk about so much internet content, we don't have a library of images, but in the show notes, I will link some of the videos that we referenced today. 
uh, just so you can appreciate them later because, oh man, uh, the audio didn't age great on all of them, just the quality. I, I but watched, the content's good. I watched one of these before we started recording, and the first thing immediately apparent to me was like, oh man, remember how everything in the early 2000s had that hiss? Yeah. Everything has that hiss. <laughs> well, because I guarantee you every single one of those videos was recorded on the little like tan colored stick mic yep. that everybody's mm-hmm. dad had. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, audio didn't hold up great. We'll tell you that. Um, so like we do on all these flavor texts, before we get started, I would love to just go around and hear from each one of you what your knowledge, experience, thoughts, um, favorite quotes of Homestar Runner are before we kind of get into the history of it. Yeah, I'll go first. Uh, I definitely, as the baby of the podcast, came into a very late Homestar Runner. Um, I found a lot of Homestar Runner animations on albinoblacksheep.com, the oh, internet boy. aggregate <laughs> site that I hung out you, on. You baby. You yeah, child. Degenerate. I know. I know. Uh, I'm the actual worst. So I know a lot of Homestar Runner stuff secondhand. Um, I definitely rode the wave late. But when I was like, you know, when it was 2002, 2003, I was born. No, <laughs> too young for Got porn. Him. Definitely too young for porn. Again, no, I said I'm, born. Uh, oh, no. All right. Well, that's better i want to cut this bit out a different don't joke. feel good about that um i was not born in 2002 <laughs> i was nine so uh i was being watched by babysitters who knew homestar runner or like had camp counselors or fucking vacation bible school assistants who were 15 and knew homestar runner and so i got a lot of the stuff early and then watched the videos three or four years later and connected the dots um, yeah, I, I, I know Homestar Runner intimately. Um, <laughs> I, I, I distinctly remember early 2004, 2005. I mean, this was like, honestly, like if you had to summarize my high school experience, it was like <laughs> reciting Homestar Runner and Family Guy quotes with my friends. Like that is exclusively what we did. That's how we communicated with each other. Um, I would come home from school every Monday and I would, Go on now. Go on homestarrunner.com because they uploaded every Monday. And this was back in the day when you had a list of like 30 websites that you individual websites that you would go mm-hmm. to yeah. every day. And I'd go to Homestar Runner and then I'd go to Penny Arcade and then I'd go to like a bunch of other like internet like web comics. Yeah. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, I, uh, I played Peasant's Quest, the original text based <laughs> adventure where you can throw baby. <laughs> yeah, throw baby. Um, I, oh boy, I, that early internet humor was something, wasn't it? It sure was. Um, I I evolved with with Strong Bad from his his old desktop to Lappy four eighty six or whatever it was mm-hmm. when he upgraded his computer. Um, I was there for every single Halloween episode, watching that in the computer lab. I'm I'm here, baby. I'm 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 so pumped for this. Guys, I might have only watched like four of Homestar Runner videos in my entire life. <laughs> oh, man. It's really right. surprising because I've been chronically online since 2004 and um, Homestar <laughs> Runner just missed me. Um, I know a lot of the references because mm-hmm. like Andrew, all my friends quoted it endlessly. I had friends with, you know, 
strong bad or the cheat shirts um mm-hmm. never watched it i think legitimately i went to search for it once knowing the quote from the intro video todd sent us homestarrunner.net it's .com and i could not <laughs> find it because i think i put it in homestarrunner.net or whatever and i was just like all right can't find it yeah moving on from that i guess um so i know it like i knew napoleon dynamite for two years before i watched that movie too um but like i've i've watched maybe four uh, four or five of these videos in my entire life one of them being today i feel like it's really important to point out to other people who may be a baby like me or more of a baby (laughs) than me um, that all of the things that we're talking about with Homestar Runner is like 2002 to 2005, and YouTube yeah. didn't even come out until 2005. So yep. if uh, if you heard what Kyle just said, we're like, what do you mean you couldn't find a video on the internet? <laughs> yeah. It's because videos on the internet yeah. didn't live in one place yet. And it's it, weird, because I, I, knew, I knew Snakes on a Plane before it was a movie. I knew... I, I've... You know, knew every line of I'm the, I'm the juggernaut bitch or Leroy Jenkins, but Homestar Runner just completely missed me. You know, actually, Matt, you, I'm glad you brought that up. That's a really interesting point, because I think while this feels so quintessential to me, it's only because I was very much in the like very thin Venn diagram that hit me at just the right point. And, and I would say Todd is in that same boat where like. This was specifically if you were in high school in 2005. Mm-hmm. You yep. you know what Homestar Runner is. If you weren't, you probably don't. Or or there yeah. is a it is less I'm not, I don't speak in absolutes, but it's much much less likely. Like I would argue that no one has no one has gone on to watch Homestar Runner for years when Flash died. I'm sure we'll talk about it, but I would imagine they lost most of their audience. If if you yeah. weren't steeped in it like Todd and Andrew were um, and then didn't didn't luck into it like Matt. Yeah, you might have just missed the boat like I did. So and I yeah, so missed it by a couple years. Like and that was it. Right. Because there's there's just so much out there. I mean, it's like mm-hmm. you know, it's like there's a new Netflix show every week now. It's this this is what mm-hmm. that was. I mean, you were I I was the same way. Like my friends watched Red versus Blue, but I couldn't tell you. Yeah. I couldn't quote two episodes of Red versus Blue. Same idea. Um, that said, uh, now that we've said red versus blue, <laughs> listeners, if you end up commissioning a red versus blue flavor text at any point in time in the history of this podcast, we're gonna, You'll, you and I are gonna Todd have a conference will call. to Nirvana, and <laughs> and his life will be complete. <laughs> um, but not to repeat all the things Andrew said, my experience is very similar with Homestar Runner to his, and so to timestamp myself, two thousand and five um, was my junior year in high school when. I was on because I was super cool, guys. And so I was on the the yearbook and the newspaper <laughs> staff. And so um, because of that, we we had the media lab every Monday, every Monday, Wednesday and Friday, I think, morning. And we would always do the same thing. Andrew said um, you said some dates here. And I, I, I think it's a, we will get to some of those things because you nailed a lot of the stuff that happened here. But I want to get like start from the beginning here. So, you know, what is Homestar Runner? Where did it come from? And this is bits that I didn't know until I did the research. And so Homestar Runner originates back to 96, where there were two guys at the University of Georgia, Mike Chapman and Craig Zobel. And there's some context I saw online of why they did this, but they made a children's book titled 
the home star runner enters the strongest man in the world contest. And sounds, <laughs> it sounds like an episode of Always Sunny. Yeah. 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 Or an album uh, the, title for Coheed and Cambria. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so everything that I read online, if there was any additional context to this, it was I, I saw a video online that had said they were in a library and they were in the children's book section and they were like, these are bad. We can do better. I don't know about that. Um, also, I think 96 was a year of uh, an Olympics. And yeah. So, yep. Um, I think maybe that Atlanta, had some context. The Atlanta Olympics. That would be really uh, topical. I think you're right. That was there you go. So these guys were at um, University of Georgia, Atlanta yep. Olympics, Atlanta. Yep. And so in this book, um, it only had three of the characters that we know now. It had Homestar, which or Homestar Runner, which, it, you know, we'll make sure the cover art is of the characters of Homestar Runner. But that's really the only image you need here today. Uh, Homestar Runner is a goofy looking character with no arms, really long legs, <laughs> um, a jaw that goes out a little too far and a shirt with a star on it. And then the other two characters in the book were Strong Bad, which is certainly a, a crowd favorite. Um, Strong Bad probably gets more screen time than Homestar Runner yeah. at this point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the way I would describe Strong Bad is a luchador <laughs> who is shirtless with boxing gloves, but he gives off Wario vibes, <laughs> um, which I think fits. And then the third character was a character named The Cheat, which is like a short yellowish character uh, animal that just does meeps it's, for noises. It's a Pikachu parody. It's very clearly okay. a Pikachu parody. I'm um, good with that. Knowing they did made them in two th in 1996, that even it's even stronger. Like it was mm -hmm. like a year after Pokemon launched, the year Makes it sense. came out in the states, maybe. Yeah. Well, so those two, um, so uh, those two, Mike and Craig, um, we get forward a couple years, and you know they showed their books to some friends, but they decide to do some flash animation, and so they actually their very first. Well, they start a website. And they put a video up on it, and their very first cartoon was actually made in Mario Paint, and it was called <laughs> Super NES, and it is something to watch. It doesn't make yeah. any sense. It is just, like, erratic and weird. Did, did any of you guys um, play Mario Paint? Yeah. yeah. You had, there's I had, a, there's I had a Fly it. Swatter game that had a rad background soundtrack. Yeah, that game was awesome. That game ruled. Mm -hmm. Anyway. Well, <laughs> it was like, if you, if you played Mario Paint, you had a rich friend. <laughs> and if you if or you didn't an only have a child. rich friend, yeah, I was just gonna say if you weren't the rich friend, or if you didn't have a rich friend, you, you were, were the, the rich, rich friend, friend slash only child because it had a big tablet. Um, we're not here to talk about Mario Paint though. It was a mouse. Uh, it was a mouse and a mouse pad. Mm, that's what it was. Yeah. And so um, anyway, they their graphics were really basic, but they were doing flash animation. These two guys, um, you know, one was kind of doing the animation, one was kind of doing the voice acting, and they they'd work together, and then. Uh, it was a couple of years after this, so we're now, you know, firmly in the, the 2000s that they gave that website a big facelift. It's like 2001, and they they started working a lot harder on those Flash games, um, and they also brought in Mike's brother, Matt, to help with that Flash upgrade because he was, I guess, better at it. And so this is when we start getting the characters that look like what you know, what you love, um, and at this point, we get even more characters. So we have those first three and now we get some other characters that everyone recognizes. So we get Marzipan, um, a character that kind of looks like a feather duster with a ponytail. <laughs> um, Marzipan's voice, I believe, was done by it was either Mike or Matt's girlfriend at the time, now wife. 
Um, and it, she is the only like female character in the cast of characters. Um, we also get Strong Sad, who is a, like not a sad elephant. I put in our notes a sad elephant. He looks like a sad <laughs> elephant, and that's actually a joke in an episode. Um, he is equivalent to the Toby of the office of, <laughs> of a Homestar mm-hmm. Runner. Um, we get Strong Mad, which is just like a brick wall of a dude in a wrestling singlet. He's literally uh, who, a square. He's, yeah, he's <laughs> absolutely a square. He really speaks through grunts, mostly. Mm-hmm. Um, we get Coach Z, uh, a character in all green, wearing a backwards hat, whose defining characteristic is pronouncing words incorrectly, and with a strange accent. I don't know what you call that accent. It's like... It's like Western Great Lakes sin. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to get Cleveland in there somehow, because he definitely yeah. has a Cleveland A, but he murders it. Yeah, he's he definitely, like... He was like an army brat, but he only exclusively lived by the lake. (laughs) (laughs) Um, A couple more that we get. So we get the king of town, which is just your token king looking character, Uh, you know, beard, crown. Um, I didn't realize that where they live is supposedly titled Free Country USA. Um, I read that (laughs) in the Wikipedia today. How very 1996 Uh, of them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We also get Bubs, um, a blue-faced character whose voice certainly doesn't sound like a caricature of Bill Cosby. Um, I can't not describe it that way. And so, Two, if you, 2000, 2000 was a different time. Everyone, we he, yeah, we didn't. He know sounds like Bill Cosby's crimes. Bu- Bub mm-hmm. sounds like all my friends' dads. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then um, one of my personal favorite characters, the Poop Smith. Um, he is. The joke of the poop smith is always in the poop smith. He smiths. Well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So so basically we get we hit these two brothers and their friend. Um, they start with these like small stories that we're focusing on Homestar Runner. Um, you know, he's the hero and Strong Bad is the villain. And, you know, he makes things inconvenient and that's fine. But like that wasn't taking that those stories, those cartoons weren't really catching what they wanted. And so Matt, the younger brother that they brought in, he had said, like, hey, we should do more content that isn't telling stories of what they're doing, but it's what they're not doing. It's the stuff they're doing in their downtime, like the stories between the stories. And so that's, that's cool. when. Yeah. So, again, we're we're in 2001. The website's not really doing a lot, but they're making this content. And 2001 is actually when they launched the strong, bad emails. And hmm. so those that's some of their earliest content and longest running content. Um, and so. To, when I say strong bad emails, it is exactly what it sounds like. They were getting fan mail, people emailing them, uh, and they would then answer them from strong bad. And yeah. like Andrew had said, that stuff was coming out weekly. And it's funny listening to Matt in an interview. He says that they were getting threatening emails for a while when they would be like, Where's the new strong bad email? Like, we want them to answer our emails. <laughs> and Matt was like, it was kind of cool to get that, but also not like it's it's both great and yeah. terrible. That this is all happening. And so that is when we start seeing this content pick up 2001, 2002. And I found this funny. By 2003, all three of the guys were able to quit their normal jobs and just use the website with the money it was making from its merch to just do it full time. Good man. Good for that. That's wild that in 2003, a free website, a free webcomic, mm-hmm. essentially. Yeah. If like a flash site could 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 uh, be a full time job for three of them just on merch alone. That's amazing. well, yeah. That's and that's the thing to re- to emphasize on merch alone. 
They didn't advertise on the website. Mm -mm. I read something that they weren't actually tracking their traffic either. Um, And so they were just, it was just the stuff they were selling. So they probably, I mean, at the time, I can't imagine tracking was super sophisticated. They probably knew just enough. Like, okay, that that video crashed the website. I guess we have to buy more (laughs) bandwidth. And that was probably the extent of their tracking for a while, at least. I mean, it's such an interesting look at early 2000s internet culture. The fact mm-hmm. that, A, I mean, three people could support themselves off of a website in 2001 is already kind of crazy. And I'm, I'm curious, like, what that monetary number was for them to all quit their full-time sure. jobs. But at the same time, like, other websites were not incredibly lucrative in 2001 like monetization was not a word that people knew like i newgrounds was probably pulling in enough money to support a couple mm-hmm. of that, people but that was where i went was like newgrounds yeah. um was newgrounds around i thought i had in my head newgrounds was 2004 2005 i don't know when maybe i, I googled yeah. when we started when newgrounds or i googled when we started the episode when newgrounds started and Tom launched the magazine in 96, but I don't know when the website Hard to launched. say. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I've the, got their wiki pulled up. 96. 96. They went online. I'm sorry. The The thing that I remember as somebody who, who consumed this regularly is that their website was so clean. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and, yeah. and just generally designed so much more... Organize, it was more organized more organized it was designed just generally better and and was devoid of ads i mean even newgrounds like you'd go on a newgrounds and you're just you're just getting Bombarded. inundated with with yeah. garbage and and this site like every inch of space was useful was used like there were like they would put they would hide little easter eggs and little secret things in the menus and like everything was like there were games and there was voices and everything like every menu item had like an over like like a little voice to it like it -hmm. it was just like it was created with such like care and and time um it was if you if you go to the homestarrunner.com website today it still has that Mm -hmm. like it is still that same energy where I mean, they've added some new buttons like, um, you know, they might add like their favorite videos button or whatever. But like it's still a clean website with like five buttons. It looks like you looked at it 20 years ago. What's what's wild about all that? Like because I'm I'm familiar with the UI of this website. I'd say five, seven years between five and seven years later. That's the that layout was copied by every like children's tv network website like nick.com and Mm -hmm. the disney website both had like copied that ui and like had the little animation when you scrolled over the button you were gonna click and everything like they really laid out what the early internet like that era of the internet i shouldn't say early internet but like what the 2000s era of the internet looked like because the ui was so clean did you guys, you guys being Andrew and Todd, who were on HomestarRunner.com in 2003, um, what sort of merch were they selling? Because I'm on their merch store right now, and they sell absolutely everything. Everything, yeah, everything you could ever want. And I cannot imagine that they were producing everything you could ever want in 2003. So, like, 
did three dudes buy their way out of their <laughs> jobs by selling t-shirts and if so yeah. holy shit it was if i remember sorry todd cut no you're if good you, if you've already got this if i remember correctly it was t-shirts and like t-shirts coffee mug stickers but then mm-hmm. not it didn't take very long where they were until they were doing like cds and and like i said they were making games like you could buy um it wasn't peasant's quest but there was i think there was a trogdor game that you could buy or something if i'm remembering mm. that correctly they they were doing a lot of stuff like actual like making products if i remember correctly from my f- and this was a few you know 2005 it would have been um it was a lot of like skatewear as well like i think that those communities overlapped somewhat so um that it was i saw hoodies shoes like chain wallets and and yeah and things like point. that yeah Th- think like the hot topic yeah culture like that kind but, of thing like but, anything you find at a hot topic <laughs> i would i but would in buy 2005 that. yeah yeah that that feels right i don't remember checking out their merch in 2005 but i have to assume it was it was that it was the easy easily done things um but like i said so these these three guys were able to quit their jobs um, it's also worth noting that sometime in this range, Craig kind of left the team um, and he went on to do more writing elsewhere, mm. which we'll talk um, a bit about. Well, I guess I can just we'll go into now. So like Craig, since then, when he left, you now could see Craig. Um, I just had his last name here. You now could see Craig Zobel's uh, writing credentials on things like American Gods and Westworld. Wow. So wow. dude actually like, yeah, he, he has some episode credits as director of both of those shows. So um, Craig left this and did fine. Which, um, so it's some like same era, Donald Glover. Yeah. Like that's not unheard. Like mm-hmm. there was a lot yeah. of talent online at that time. And um, it's I'm not I'm not I'm like happy and pleased mm-hmm. for him, but I'm not surprised at all. Because, wow. Well, Donald Glover was like in UBC or UCB. Yeah. And and all mm-hmm. that, but but I mean, but, he got a yeah. start on Derek Com- on Derek Comet. Derek Comet, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, like, and so so to to kind of package it a bit different, um, Matt and Mike may have been the two that are being supported by the website, and it's also worth noting that I think they had their parents helping them with some of like the tracking and, and the business stuff. But I mean, still in the end, two or three people getting held up on a salary from a website in you know two thousand and three that wasn't you know nefarious is is pretty good um and also when you talk to either of these two they'll tell you that that run from 2002 to 2005 that we're kind of talking about was when they were most creative and pumping out the best content and doing that sort of thing greg zobel directed seven episodes of mayor of east town um like he's done great for himself it's just so wild to think back to like again Three people making enough money to quit their jobs on the internet, <laughs> period, let alone in 2005. Yeah. And like, I've always loved internet history and internet culture. There's a an alternative Nexus event universe where I don't have a hate of academia and school and actually <laughs> stayed in school to study internet history. But um, do you know how hard it is for three people to make enough money on the internet to quit their jobs right now? That shit's yes. impossible. I've been trying to do it for 10 years. It's impossible. (laughs) I was going to say like intimately. So yes. (laughs) Well, and so when we look at this, you know, they continued to more or less create regular content 
up through about 2009. Um, they they shared that, yeah, I guess it was a little bit after, because they did share that the website was running and financially supporting them through about 2010. Wow. Which is, hmm. again, crazy, because they didn't run ads, and they didn't do, nope. they didn't, like, sell out. Now, granted, they, they had partnered with a couple different, you know, different operations. They did, they were part of, they had worked with, they might be giants before on a project. And so um, they definitely had partnerships, but they didn't sell out in the phrase of like, you know, putting ads everywhere. And so it it was around 2010 that that was when the website kind of stopped being fiscally supportive for both of them. Um, And that is also when they stopped producing regular content. And it was largely because Matt and Mike, these guys that have been doing this for almost, you know, nine, eight, nine years, they had families and suddenly they weren't able to support their themselves, a partner and children on a flash website that was doing comics and, you know, <laughs> videos once a week. Um, so it was kind of at that point that they did uh, take that like step away from doing this sort of thing. Which, again, like they made enough money to almost support their family selling T-shirts on a flash website in 2010. <laughs> Yeah, God damn, 2010. Dude. No, and like no ads is the one that mm-hmm. gets me. Like, like they didn't, they didn't sell out. Not to, I don't like the term sell out. Sure, but they yeah, did. Yeah, yeah. yeah, like yeah. they didn't amazing. monetize. Yeah, and it's and I mean, <laughs> it just goes to show you that Homestar Runner is uh, recession proof. God damn, you're so <laughs> right. It is. Yeah. <laughs> Well, so since we've kind of got some of this history, it gets you to to at least 2010. Um, you know, we had this this break, and I'm gonna tell you a little bit about what happened after this break, and if they ever come back to create more content. Spoiler alert: the answer is yes. After <laughs> we take this short break. All right, so we're back. So last we had said it was about 2010. Um, Mike and Matt, the brothers that were doing the animation and the voices, uh, had kind of decided to stop and step away and go back to family stuff. And so at that point, we get these two guys um, and they actually take off and they start becoming writers and directors and animators for different series that after looking like they have a pretty good resume. Um, They were either one of them or both of them at any point in time were involved in Yo Gabba Gabba. Um, wow. They were <laughs> part of, yeah, they did some of the animation for Camp Camp, which was a Rooster Teeth uh, animation. Mm-hmm. Um, they were part of Gravity Falls. Hmm. Damn. Wow. Which, yeah, yeah. I, I never watched Gravity Falls. I just know the intro slaps. I've heard um, it's really good. It's supposed to be like yeah. excellent cartoon. Yeah. Um, they were also part of, uh, they, they partnered again with They Might Be Giants to direct the experimental film music video that rips yeah yeah <laughs> i, I do I, remember that one that's i love that song i believe that also had strong bad in that music video um and of course they did some other things but those are the ones that at least jumped off to me and so for the better part of those four years they just really didn't do homestar runner content of anything um outside of a few select videos that they had dropped uh to either promote or be part of like comic con appearances they sure. had done like shorts leading up to that or to reveal there. But yeah, for four years, they didn't do anything. Um, Homestar Runner, which 10 years of of Homestar Runner, like don't blame them. 
yeah. time to yeah. do other things. Made made good good early two thousands money on it. Time mm-hmm. to do something else. I mean, hell, most TV shows don't last that long. So yep. yeah, right. Um, and like I said, they they are such. There's a huge demand for this. I mean, like we said, they they were financially stable and they were getting emails bullying them to make more content. Mm-hmm. So like the demand was certainly there. So it puts us here at about 2014, and Matt had moved back to Atlanta where Mike was after wrapping up his work on Gravity Falls, and they decided that April 1st, 2014, they were just going to drop a video. They they dropped their April 1st, 2014 video, which is exclusively built around explaining what Homestar Runner is and making fun of them for being gone for a really long time. Um, there's actually a strong bad email joke in there about how they're still using Windows 98 or something <laughs> like it's <laughs> it's it's very silly. It's very very good. The and it, the internet broke like yeah oh yeah everyone every I mean every white twenty something at the time just lost their minds when that video dropped. I remember that very well. And it was at that point that they then started putting out more content. Um, I don't know how regular it was back in 2014, but I did kind of take a look to see what they're doing now. And it seems like they put something out every couple of weeks to a month. And so I'm guessing that it was maybe a bit more frequent back then if they're like in between projects or whatever. But starting then in 2014, they've just been putting out content. Um, and you had mentioned this, so it's it's important to say it now. So Flash was the thing that was discontinued in 2020, um, which is interesting that it just couldn't work that way anymore. And so now if you see any Homestar Runner content, it is exclusively um, put out through YouTube, but linked on their website. So um, homestarrunner.com, I think, is their YouTube username, um, (laughs) which is kind of funny that they continued with that joke. (laughs) That's really good. Is Um, it just like, is it like just computer animated or computer drawn now, like it's it still looks the same as what they were doing. Yeah. I mean, it's it's certainly cleaner I'm than sure, like the earlier stuff. It's like what I'm sure they use yeah. yeah better software, but oh, hundred percent. Yeah. Can they got that Disney money now? Yep. Can <laughs> somebody who knows things more than me explain why Flash died and why it doesn't work anymore? It uh, was I'd, a program made in 1995, um, and it had been like updated, not not rebuilt not not like ever cleaned up just continually added upon for what 25 years um it was a huge part of it was it was a big security risk to be able to run flash you had to often use outside plugins which didn't which exposed remember remember java same idea Yeah. yeah um and finally they the adobe it was adobe just stopped supporting it. They were like, no, we're not going to do Flash anymore. It's been 25 yeah. years. Move well, on. And Adobe Adobe bought it from Macromedia. Yeah. And and that was kind of what tanked it because Adobe was like, oh, we have our own. Oh, by the way, actually, you can get Creative Suite and use Premiere because, yeah. Yeah. and also mm-hmm. give us 200 bucks instead of this free software because capitalism. <laughs> <laughs> so it goes to say that, that Homestar Runner, as we knew and loved it, is recession proof but not capitalism proof. So there yeah. there's that. Yeah. And it's it's also fun that if you go to the Homestar Runner website, it's still like it really hasn't changed much in the last 5 years or so, maybe even further back. 
but they have um, instead of saying like new episodes released every Monday, the tagline is that it is quote updated every someday, Love that. <laughs> which I I thought was really really fun. I like that. I like that they're you know continuing it on, but in a way that they're not pressured to make content every week, so they can do whatever they want. Like, it, cool. It's like one of those things because you know the, I can't imagine Homestar Runners getting new audience like it's literally exactly. just exists for the nostalgia exactly yeah. yeah well and you know it i just thought i thought that was very very good much like kyle had said that they they understand their limitations mm-hmm. like they they know like we're not going to stick to a schedule this is a thing we do that probably is still making them some money i mean their, their maybe, store is expansive maybe not quit their job money anymore yeah. but like yeah it's it's a non-zero amount yeah. College fund for kid money that will help. Yeah. I mean, at time of recording, their last uh, upload on YouTube was two weeks ago. It's mm-hmm. got 51,000 views. They've okay. got just under 2,500 subscribers. So they've got like a 20% return rate, which is double what is considered good YouTube return. So I'm sure they're mm-hmm. making something. Well, so let's let's talk a bit about their content. So that's kind of the last thing that that I do want to do on this because obviously you got some of the history, some of the catch up. Um, obviously, Homestar Runner I- itself is based on these like silly webtoons that are that are stories. You know, I think one of the most famous ones is that Strong Bad wants something to drink but doesn't want to get it himself, so he comes up with a clever ploy to get Homestar Runner to go get him something to drink. <laughs> like that's. And like that's the equation that they were going for. But however, aside from those, and like like I had mentioned earlier, uh, the one where Coach Z can't say job right, so they spend six minutes trying to teach him how to say job right. It's <laughs> it's that silly stuff. But these like sub series came out of that, and so I wanted to talk about three of them or three like products that came out of this that you probably know the best. And so I'd already mentioned one. One of their earliest ones they did were the strong bad emails. Anyone who knows Homestar Runner probably has a favorite Strong Bad email, um, or at least a couple that they love to quote. And so, Strong Bad emails, kind of like Andrew had mentioned, they were Strong Bad answering emails on his really old computer. And then partway through, it's a it's a plot point. He gets a new computer, the Lappy some number four eighty six, four eighty six. So there you go. And so for me. Um, and I'll link some of these in the show notes. This gave us some of my favorite Strong Bad emails that include techno, where he writes a techno song, which we were joking about it off the air. If you've ever heard the techno email, you now have a specific sound in your head. Yep. Um, it is it is there, and it's going to be there for a while. Um, my personal favorite one is called Crying. And that is where they introduce a three-legged dog named Little Brother. I love uh, Little Brother. <laughs> the the premise of the email is Strong Bad is asked if he's ever made Homestar Runner cry, and he goes, "Yes, a lot." <laughs> and, and he says, and he says mostly by showing him this picture of a three-legged dog I, na- I named Little Brother, and he it's just it's it's very 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 good. Um, and then his uh, what is it? Strong Sad says, did you draw a little brother because you think that's what I am? And Strong Bad goes, no, I draw you as a two-legged elephant named Tenderfoot. <laughs> it's it's just so, it's so fun. Can I can I quickly cite my favorite one? 
please. Because I think about it literally like all the time. Um, my fa- my personal favorite is kind of cool, uh, where they created I forget the prompt, but they, this basically culminated in the creation of Senor Card Gauge, which is uh, <laughs> he a, an independent business owner who who owns Senor Card Gauge Mort Gauge, and it's just <laughs> it's just strong bad, but like human size and he's got like a beer gut but he's still wearing the luchador mask but he's got these like wireframe glasses over top of the luchador mask (laughs) and uh they do part of it is they do a commercial and it's like his voice is like is like strong bad but like lame so like senior card gauge mortgage no financing no problemo. And I <laughs> I think about it. I think about it once a week. Oh man. If if this is what we're doing, my favorite has always been techno. Uh and mm-hmm. I think any time in my life that I've been in a room and somebody's like double clutched on the light switch, the only thing I can <laughs> think of is oh, it's just the Jeep flipping the lights upside down again. Like, <laughs> Oh man. Well, and I think the the other one that ends up being really really good is one of the early ones called Dragon, which um speaking of Dragon, that then is what brought us I think another crowd favorite, which if you're not familiar with with you know properties of of Homestar Runner but you're a Guitar Hero fan, <laughs> you may be familiar with Trogdor the Burninator. Okay, let me ask this question. Go what for it. came first? Dragon the the strong bad email or or the song uh the, the it was it was the email that brought upon the song yeah and so that, okay in in the email dragon um the prompt is so stupid because all these are super stupid they're so stupid um the the email is like can you show off your artistic talents and so he says the i'm gonna draw a dragon and it, you start with an S and then he draws like this dragon that is just like an S shape with like with, with like beefier features. And he goes, no, no, no. And then he raises it. He goes, you start with an S and then you give it one beefy arm. So, <laughs> one yeah, slightly smaller S. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So he he draws Trogdor, the Burninator that you know and love. Um, and then the rest of the the email is all the other characters also drawing dragons. Um and so, uh, uh, what is it? Strong Mad just carves dragon into the table. It's Dagron. Dagron, <laughs> Dagron that's it, yeah. And then uh, Strong Sad draws a really, really good dragon and explains the technique and everything. And that's when I realized that he is the Toby Flenderson of the of, yeah. of Strong Bad emails. That line of, I said consummate beast, consummate. <laughs> God, I wouldn't know art if it came up and bit him in the face is in my head every day. <laughs> I think yeah. I think Dragon is the one I'm most familiar with. The one yeah. most people have tried <laughs> to to get me on board with Homestar Runner. I with. I think that was the that was the first real like breakout success yeah, because yeah, I'd agree. Yeah. because Trogdor the song came out of that and that's right. like oh yeah that's what launched the CDs sales and all that stuff. Yeah. And I mean and like we had said it has its own it had a text based adventure game it then had a flash game. Um, there's also a board game. I've played the Trogdor board game. Is it any um, good? Yeah, how was it? You, uh, I think it follows, yes, it's a tile-based game, and Trogdor moves in different directions, and you don't want to have your peasant or your your uh, your cabins burninated. <laughs> um, but the, the Flash game that came out of it was you are a peasant, and you need to be 
dude. Yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, well, I was gonna say, I'm so excited. I love this the, game. The, yeah, the Flash game was like you had to be a you were a peasant, and your goal was to be dirty and on fire. Did you play that game? Yes. Yeah, I I love yeah. that game. That was so. I the the commercial that they did for it too was really mm-hmm. good. It was like. Uh, now I forget. It was like, oh, it was you are you are rather dashing, a peasant in in the countryside, <laughs> and it's like the guy. It's like they they were they were lampooning like the '80s PC games, mm-hmm. and uh, the the guy playing the peasant is like yelling at a king, and he's like, "You're out of league, or you're out of order, my liege." And something <laughs> is like, "Rather dashing, you will not sass back in this court." And there's a there's a part where. Um, one of the jokes there's so there's like a lot of hidden things you can do in the tech space adventure and you get a baby as like an item and one of the <laughs> things that you have to do is throw the baby in the river yes <laughs> but like you would never know to do that so mm-hmm. when they did that they like made it a joke in the like fake advertisement yeah. and they sh- they show the guy like he's saying out loud throw baby <laughs> yep <laughs> um for those of you for those of babies listening um <laughs> dead baby jokes were a large part of uh, yeah. internet humor in the early 2000s um and if you don't know what a dead baby joke is i'm sorry yeah, for yeah. your internet history um after you go looking for them yeah, just don't it it was it was a different trying to be edgier time go ask yeah. the cashier no. at your local gas station i'm sure he'll tell you one yeah yeah, yeah. so so Trogdor the Burninator um, became its own thing, which is, again, uh, I think, Andrew, you probably nailed it. This was the first thing that really, like, blew up. Um, the the third, I guess, property that I thought was really, really good, um, and I went back and watched it, and it's actually not that good anymore. Um, <laughs> it's, it's way better to think about it than to actually go and try to consume it, and that was Teen Girl Squad, which... Just me saying those three words, you probably hear it in your brain if you've ever watched Teen Girl Squad, because it sounds more like Teen Girl Squad. <laughs> and and this is, again, more strong, bad uh, centered content that came from a strong, bad email. Um, someone had emailed in, can you draw a comic about me and my friends? So strong, bad <laughs> drew a comic about four, like four quote stereotypes, I guess. Um going to the mall to try and find boys. And so the four characters were the cheerleader, so-and-so, what's-her-face, <laughs> and the ugly one. And uh, again, like, this is your edgy internet humor. Yeah. Um, Man, I-, I watched two episodes today, and I was like, all right, I get it. I get what you were going for. Like, the the fun. humor is, yeah, the humor was in, like, the the things that were happening in the background that weren't like the focus it it was definitely like i think my earliest in it was like tim and eric before yeah. tim and eric like it was it yeah, was i, I think the, the internet's first four major foray in like absurdist humor like uh the one episode i think the first one that they did was like the the line is like i have a crush on every boy and then there's just like a large man's face appears <laughs> behind and there's just arrows coming out of his mouth yeah and the line is arrowed and you're like yep. what and that's <laughs> it was just very like that very fun absurdist what yep. the fuck is going on humor mm-hmm. well and what so this is fun reading up more about this today because Flavor texts are these things where we get to dive in on weird, cool stuff that apparently Matt and Mike in an interview shared that 
part of their drive to do this as an ongoing series was to bring more female characters into their content. Um, yeah. Which, like, if that was the goal, goal achieved. Sub note: We've come a, was come this a long the best way. way yeah. you, come a you long did not. way. <laughs> yeah, like like you 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 technically did it, <laughs> and and so I, I put you know in here. It's just silly nonsensical content. One thing I didn't know though was that Teen Girl Squad brought upon another spinoff called Four Gregs, <laughs> um, <laughs> and and Four yeah. Gregs is about the Teen Girl Squad's nerdy classmates who are all named Greg. Um, but they're like four different kinds of nerdy. One of them is D and D Greg, um, and one of them is like, like you know, JavaScript Greg, and one of them is like own swords Greg or whatever. <laughs> I think that's um, all the same it, person. Oh yeah, man, <laughs> you never own, see him in the same. We all place knew an own swords Greg, didn't we? Yeah, mm-hmm. and if you didn't, you were. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this is it's funny because it's it's also done in the strong bad doing a woman's voice doing a man's <laughs> voice kind of thing. <laughs> Um, and again, follows the same exact, uh, setup as teen girl squad. Uh, there are other ones I didn't bring up. There's one that I didn't know way back when, and I've, I've listened to lately that I thought I enjoyed a bit more was, uh, marzipan's voicemail. So there is a, there's, it's like a 30 minute long thing of just the characters leaving marzipan voicemails. And I think it was their creative outlet to do something that required barely any animation and, just do funny one-liners just, from their characters. Just dump all their all their jokes they couldn't fit into actual sketches. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I I a hundred percent agree. And it's it's fun. I mean, it's not something I would necessarily seek out now, but if you're looking for that that Homestar Runner nostalgia in like quick little bites, like that's a really good one. Um but yeah, that is that is I mean, and like I said, to this day, they are still putting out content every couple of weeks, which is super cool. Um, still obviously active doing work. And it it just it. This is so pleasant. This is just <laughs> such such fun and good. Um, well, largely fun and good content that that just takes you back to like the early days of the Internet. Um, but in the end, that was that was kind of what I pulled up. That was the the best that I could that I could find. What's what's good here is that I'll link um, in the show notes. Like I said, a lot of the things we talked about today, there is on the homestarrunner.com uh, YouTube page. They've put together some of their favorite videos in like a playlist called favorites. And so um, a lot of these things, obviously, you can find in there uh, just because they're so they're so good. There are some of the best ones are timeless, in my opinion, aside from maybe some bad audio. <laughs> I wouldn't even call it bad. It's just it's just a relic of its time cuz like sure. that was the audio you could capture for yeah. your online flash like that's all flash could put out at the time. It's not that like if, if they had better gear they could have done it. We were all listening to like 80 kilobyte files. Like that's what the internet was. It was just yeah. a patchwork of tiny MP3s. It's bad audio in the way like 8 tracks are bad audio. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that is that's what I've got. Do you guys have any thoughts that you want to thoughts, feelings, uh, quotes that you want to share about Homestar Runner? Um, there's another another good one that I really like um, that popped into my head while you're doing this. There is a, a strong bad email. I think it was called Children's Book, and it was 
strong bad takes a child like writes a children's book and he like writes stuff over top like an actual children's book <laughs> yes and it's like there was a there was a part where it's like uh the, the original words are like no two people are the same or something like that it was like everybody is different and he write and he rewrote it to say everybody is on fire was like the <laughs> and then and then like this the last page was like no two people are not on fire Aw, <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Uh, I think it may be kind of important to note, like, if you're super not familiar with Homestar Runner and their content, and you're used to our flavor texts that tie together the overarching narrative, there ain't one of those. Um, <laughs> there, there is no moral at the end of this story. Like, no. Um, mm. And that was definitely something that when I got into Homestar Runner three years too late and somebody was like, yo, you got to watch this video. I was like, do I need to watch the videos no. before it? Like, no, just, just pick one and go for it. Uh, but it's so, it's such a, this was such an important time in internet history before Google bought the fuck out of everything. And like before everything was um, really like standardized and, and moved into three different search engines and, stuff like this is such a relic and i hope that podcasts like this one and and other ones that look back at old internet stuff help keep the story of this going because it's such an important i mean it was a really formative time in all of our lives and i certainly wouldn't have the sense of humor that i have now if not for pre-youtube internet and pre-google buying youtube internet and it's just like yeah the the internet now the internet broadly moves so quickly and like twitter's got a new main character every day you've got to have six <laughs> different apps if you want to look at every social media mm -hmm. like the shit that i miss because i'm not on tiktok is immense and it's it's so much different than it was back then when like yeah, there was there was one video that came out this week and it was Dragon and everybody's <laughs> going to quote Dragon for the next seven days until Techno comes out. And then everybody's going to quote Techno for seven days. And it's just it's, it's a different time, man. It's funny, though, because you, you you talk about like it, I can't imagine going on Homestar Runner in like 2007 and just seeing this like wall of you know years of archive content it's like mm -hmm. it's like trying to get in a one piece now like it's just you're just not gonna do it <laughs> yeah 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 i mean it, it the other thing about this era of the internet is that much like we talk about podcasting is now weirdly it's all word of mouth like yeah. mm -hmm. i didn't yeah. find my way to homestar runner somebody nope. told me what video to watch yep. and yep. told me where to go and that's part of the reason that as someone i who as someone who got to Homestar Runner late, I haven't seen half of the series because somebody introduced me to Homestar Runner as Strong Bad emails. So I've seen mm -hmm. most of the Strong Bad emails, but I haven't really watched anything else because that wasn't what I found when I found Homestar Runner. I would agree with that as well, but um, I I remember it was my it was my buddy Matt who was also on the newspaper that introduced me to uh, Homestar Runner because um, he's very online. And um, he was very online in 2004. And so uh, it, I think I had to go back and look for Homestar Runner videos because I was more familiar with strong bad emails. That's why I could, you know, I found the, the I, it was like looking in a bag for things, I think was the title of the video 
<laughs> of trying to get home star runner to get water for strong bad um but i i mean all of my closest nerdy friends from high school if you ask them about home star runner they would say oh that's a great georb you did there <laughs> like that's the quote that they'll give you mm-hmm. um because again this is like a, in 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 our in my space as a nerd my formative years like becoming a nerd in high school this is a core memory like this is this is one of the five marbles that I get to look at was Homestar Runner early internet. Um, is, I'm re- I'm really glad. Well, go ahead, Matt. Oh, I was just gonna ask the question. Like, if I think of things that have similar energy to HomestarRunner.com that aren't early internet based, the first thing I think of is Kablam, because that was kind of my first introduction to absurdist humor, and I was mm. just going to ask the question. Is it fair to say that Kablam paved the way for Homestar Runner as absurdist sketch animated comedy? I would say most of that like avant-garde Nickelodeon content yeah. was like Ren and Stimpy and and even that well, that era of stuff was was the gateway. But yes, and, yes, and, and it's it's worth noting that I mean, you know, Mike and Matt from the from the actual you know Homestar Runner creation group. Um, probably ended up partnering with some of those people. Yeah. Like those are people they probably looked up to. Yeah. Or interned with. Um, I'm really glad we got to do this look back on the flash on more flash era internet mm-hmm. culture. Um, it's a very, I mean, we all, we all are steeped in that. I just missed home star runner entirely. Um, so I'm glad Matt, Andrew and Todd got to relive that for this, um, but that's why I didn't have much to say today. <laughs> well, and with that, we'll go ahead and wrap up here. Uh, thanks for listening to Debate This. You can follow along, as always, with the arguments on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Debate This Cast, or on our website at debatethiscast.com. And once more, um, thank you, thank you, thank you so much to our longtime member of Butt Thwomp Nation, Master Specter, uh, for giving us the opportunity to go back and kind of relive some of these early formative nerdy years uh, in the young and budding and still innocent internet. Uh, Until next time, I'm Todd Thomas. I'm Matt. The system is down. Cole. I'm Kyle, and the Homestar keeps running, 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 Harper. And and I'm Andrew. Good Apollo. I'm burninating the countryside (laughs) for colon from fear through the eyes of peasants. Henderson. Uh, and, And And we're saying thanks for debating with us. And if you think we're wrong, you can come fight us behind the swing sets, nerds.